Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. So I want to hear about your Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was, it was long. It was good. I mean, it was long because Cyril didn't sleep that night. Oh, man. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. The night before? Yeah. Yes, the night before. Yeah. He was too excited but, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, he was. He just couldn't <laughs> sleep. He wanted all the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loved it. But it was fun. We were over at my parents' um, place, and so we just hung out there. I love Thanksgiving food, like, so much. Yeah. What did you so, guys have? Um, pretty much all your classic stuff. The only unexpected, not really Thanksgiving thing was the cinnamon pie that I made. Cause I don't like oh. Thanksgiving pies. So okay. I made a cinnamon pie instead. So what was that like? Was it like a so, custard pie? Yeah. It, re- it honestly reminds me of a cheesecake okay. filling in a pie crust, but with cinnamon and nutmeg, like three tablespoons of cinnamon. Mm. And it's so good. It's so good. good. So yeah. is it, is it white or brown? Is it brown it's then? Brown. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of cinnamon. Yum. That sounds good. My sister-in-law made a spice cake yesterday. That was like a three layer spice cake with browned butter, cream cheese frosting. Mm -hmm. It was so good. So good. And then um, candied pecans and rimmed the top with candied pecans and cinnamon sticks. And it was the prettiest, Mm -hmm. most delicious cake. It was awesome. <clears throat> so we just did brunch with my family on Thanksgiving and we had just like um, biscuits and gravy, hash brown casserole, Ooh. fruit salad. What else did we have? Um, I made sourdough cinnamon rolls. They're really good. Um, they turned out even better this year. So I was excited about that. Um, <laughs> and then I think that was it. Was that it maybe? I don't know. And then yesterday we had Jared's family and we did the turkey tetrazzini and it turned out great. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, good. It was really good. I've never made that before, but it's delicious. And it makes a ton. So, yes. Yeah. Um, And it's like a really filling, rich meal. So, Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have fed a million people with that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then my sister in law's brought salad and rolls. And we had, we actually had potato casserole too. And then that spice cake she brought and pumpkin pie and just so much food. Were you guys in your state, were you technically breaking their mandates with your group yes. size? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I told you, oh yeah, I sent you a picture of the emergency alert they sent out the week oh, before yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first emergency alert that I got to my phone and it was the most bizarro thing. So, no, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so restaurants are closed here, but there's a few that are staying open. So we went, really? yeah. So we went to one, um, in support and we were eating inside with maybe it was a Friday night and there was maybe uh, maybe like four or five other families in there and mm-hmm. all of a sudden an emergency alert went out and like oh, when uh, everyone's phone started buzzing and the you know over the loudspeakers was buzzing the emergency alert and I'm like what's happening like is there a tornado what's going on <laughs> and I look at my phone and it's about um, not getting together with family on Thanksgiving. Like what an abuse of the emergency alert system. Oh yeah. I'm very offended that you would send me an emergency alert for that. Um, and second of all, (laughs) it's no one's business. How many people come to my house on any certain date? So 
but anyways, yes, we were breaking the mandate. <laughs> and um, all my family just got over COVID. So we're like yeah. double breaking the mandate. <laughs> but everyone did find it. I know. So I'm thankful for that. I think Ari possibly has it right now. He, oh, yeah. Very mild, but he mm-hmm. was our family members that had it. Mm-hmm. And we just, we know people that right now. So it's kind of like, if we're sick and everyone else is testing positive, do, do are we positive? <laughs> you know? Right. It's yeah. just so weird to figure out. It's just weird. <laughs> is Ari feeling okay? He's fine. Like huge okay, praise, huge praise. I mean, mm-hmm. I think last January was the last ambulance visit we had. And since then we've drastically lowered his meds and he has not needed treatments. This is his third cold since we've lowered the meds and he has not needed any treatments. And it just I don't know. It just makes me wonder if those were meds were pressing his immune system mm-hmm. and he just couldn't fight yeah, it on his own, maybe. you know? Yeah. Good. Well, so I'm glad that he's he, done. Okay he's doing that. great though. Good. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. I have a question. So I'm going to make a soup in the Instapot for tomorrow because tomorrow's Sunday and you know how I always do. Mm-hmm. I try to do an Instapot thing today so that I have it ready for, mm-hmm. so I don't have to do anything tomorrow. Um, so I was going to make like a meatball soup situation that I'm just kind of making up. So I don't know what to Google. So I thought I was like, I gotta ask Lexi. So should I make the meatballs and then like do the saute in the Instapot and then pressure cook them for a few minutes? Or should I just pressure cook them when I do my soup? Like, should I do the meatballs first or just when I, I do it? Probably everything? just pressure. Ah, that's a good question. Cause I always just bake mine in the oven and then add them. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever cooked meatballs in the Instant Pot. Okay. So I think I, I might probably just do it and go. You think so? Okay. All right. So that was my first question. So I'm starting to think about the garden because it's, you know, I've had a little break from it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm starting to think about it again. Um, What has been your favorite book that you have read concerning gardening? Because you know how my techniques with garden are basically like fly by the seat of your pants and randomly Mm -hmm. put things in the ground and hope they come up. Like specifically gardening, not like philosophy of gardening sort of? No, no. Practical gardening. Um, Probably I read the, I think it was called the self-sufficient diet last year mm-hmm. and it wasn't like super duper how to do things it just helped me think through what crops I wanted in order yeah. to become more self-sufficient mm-hmm. there was a lot in there about like bio-intensive gardening and then using like the different watering techniques and stuff that was way mm-hmm. above my head but I kind of want to buy it now and revisit that okay. but that's been my favorite one so far I just yesterday purchased the self-reliant gardener which is supposed to be really good. Um, and then as far as like actual how to get started, I love all of Justin Rhodes videos on YouTube, but mm-hmm. the last couple years he's done a 12 days of Christmas giveaway where his membership is really cheap. Mm-hmm. And so I got that last year Oh, cool! and I watched through, he has tons of stuff. He has tons of stuff with animals, butchering, gardening, um, just lots of how to's covering it all. So that was really like the hands on the ground, how to start and build the garden, mm-hmm. but more of like what in the garden was the self-sufficient diet. Okay. Gotcha. Jared and I've been talking yeah. about wanting to expand our garden next year. So I'm like, we need to get a game plan now so that yeah. come spring, it'll be smooth. But, um, one thing that I need to learn more about is like what to plant by what? Oh, like companion what- plant. Yeah, because um, yeah. I always just kind of wing it, and I'm like, eh, I want mm-hmm. these four things, so I'll just throw them mm-hmm. all on this bed. Okay. But anyways, I was like, I know there's more of a strat- strategy that people can have when it comes to where you're planting stuff. Hold on one sec. It's I'm going to show you something. Okay. 
there's a really easy like companion planting website. I can't remember the name of it, but if you just Google companion planting, but this is what we're using. It's oh, okay. So this is, it's how to like build specifically guilds so that everything in your little circle, it's almost mm -hmm. like circle planting instead of garden bed planting mm -hmm. so that everything helps one another. So I'm doing a pear tree with herbs and strawberries underneath it because they all feed off of one another. So oh, cool. this is what, um, I think this is Oregon State's uni university's uh, textbook for sustainable agriculture. Okay. And just so in case you listen. This one's really good for companion planting type stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Say the title of that because you just showed me and everyone listening is like, what's it called? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> forest gardening. Integrated forest gardening. Okay. Yep. Cool. Have you seen, I think it's in a lot of permaculture stuff, the little herb ring that you can do. Have you seen yeah. this? Mm -hmm. Those are so cool. I love those. Um, I watched yeah. some videos on how to do those. I think have you guys cool. ever watched Justin Rhodes stuff as a family? No, no. Oh, I feel like the boys would, like... would love it. They okay. would love it. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Um, I'm on to more Victorian farms. Um, I'm oh, watching yeah. their, their Christmas <laughs> their Christmas episodes. Have you seen any of those? No, we haven't. Uh -uh. Oh, man. It's so fantastic. They do <laughs> a Victorian farm Christmas one and like a Tudor England Christmas one. And yeah, I'm just I'm in, cool. deep into the Victorian farm stuff right now. <laughs> That's I was so telling funny. my sister-in-law's about it yesterday. I was like, I'm really into the show, but I don't really know if you guys would be or not. <laughs> it's not like cool or anything. It's just really interesting to me for some yeah. reason right now. It is so and interesting. It just, it, I don't know. It's one of those shows that I enjoy. We, we watch like 30 to 45 minutes of TV before we go to bed. And that's like all the TV we watch in the day. And it has to be a certain kind of TV because I don't want it to be something that's going to like yeah. get me mentally, I don't know in a weird spot yeah like <laughs> it has to be just like a very peaceful calm thing to watch before bed and it's that's perfect for me like okay that's funny because brian really likes i've told you like he likes mysteries and mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. and so just released the new season of oh, what is it actually called oh unsolved mysteries oh gosh no. Do you remember that oh, yes. growing up yes okay no okay brian. So, <laughs> mom let's watch it and I am a huge chicken like huge huge chicken yeah <laughs> well let's just go through and find ones that are like so far removed from my, from my life that maybe I'll be okay <laughs> and do you mind can we call it investigations instead of unsolved mystery because for whatever reason mentally I feel better about watching yeah. it <laughs> I will get anyway. less scared to happen yeah it's um, so funny. hey did you read that made me think did you read hillbilly elegy mm -mm, I haven't no okay well Jared and I both read that last year is it a mystery? No, no. It just oh. made me think of TV shows because Hillbilly Elegy is coming out with a TV show or maybe oh. a movie. I don't know, a TV show or a movie. But I think you'd be interested in that book. Um, okay. It's really good. I think it actually came out, it came out during like Trump's first run for presidency. Hmm. I think um, around that time. So I was late reading it, but Jared read it before I did and we both really liked it. And um, yeah, now they're making either a TV show or a movie out of it. So I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah. I keep hearing really good things about the book. I've heard oh, that. Man. It's very good. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. Our big announcement, Jared said we can tell everybody about this now. Yay. Yeah. We're coming out with a cookbook, a fruitful and fearless cookbook. Uh, what's it actually called? Fruitful and fearless family cooking or family meals? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like Sam. It was family something. Like <laughs> there were so many like, going back. <laughs> okay so um 
Lexi and I and two other ladies contributed recipes to it. Um, Margot is um, the wife of Riley Voth, who does a lot of stuff with the Shepherd's Crook, and she's an amazing cook. And they live on a ranch, and they have chickens. And so, anyways, she is um, a wealth of knowledge with all things cooking and homesteading and um, kombucha and sourdough and all the, all the wonderful things that Lexi and I love too. And then Brianna Scroggins, she has been on our podcast. She, has she mm -hmm. been twice? Just once, once or twice. So. Um, she's been on the Shepherd's Crook too. And her and her husband, Mason, Mason's the editor for the Shepherd's Crook. And she also contributed to the cookbook and she's a fabulous cook and baker as well. And um, it's actually a, quite the privilege that Brianna contributed recipes because all of our friendship, I've been asking her for recipes and she is a, she is a wing in it kind of cook. So and, and she'll be like, <laughs> she'll give me this recipe with like ingredients, but not measurements and no baking times. And I'm like, how does, how do you know how, how to do this? When is it done? And she's like, I don't know. I just look at it. I'm like, Oh, I could never recreate what you just did. Um, so it is quite the privilege to have Brianna Scroggins's delicious recipes in our cookbook. So we are very excited to announce that's going to be coming out. Um, don't know when really, maybe a month. Could be a month. Could be two months. Are, is Jared going to post this episode soon? Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> maybe I'll tell him to post it this week. Yeah, we should so remind him of that. Sense. Yes. Um, <laughs> Because Lexi and I usually record, and then it gets posted like seven weeks later or something. I like well, and we just talked about Thanksgiving, so yeah. <laughs> Lexi and I were encouraging each other with our um, pregnancy episode that just aired not that long ago because it was we recorded it so long ago that we needed the encouragement. <laughs> I am big. Today. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I can tell you're pregnant now. <laughs> um, yes. So, anyways, it's usually a long time between recording and actually you guys getting to hear it, but um. I'll tell him to post this one this week. So yeah, the cookbook's coming out. The way to be able to order that is you'll go to the Fruitful and Fearless website, which is going to be launching soon. It's going to be have um, it's going to be a lot of cool things on there. We're going to have like some T-shirts eventually. We're going to have links to all of the um, articles that we and the other contributor contributors have written. So yeah. A lot of exciting stuff coming up so we'll have like a pre-order thing going on here pretty soon and we'll announce it probably on instagram which is what we use most yeah. often to communicate with all of you too so be looking at our instagram um or just shoot us a message if you know that you want one when you hear this just shoot us a message and i'll be sure to put you on a list um because i think we're i don't know how many we'll order at the beginning we'll probably do pre-orders and then go from there so anyways did we sell on a price i don't think we did Okay. Oh, oh, tell them about the paper. Are we doing the paper that? Yes. Yeah, the, the waterproof paper. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, I, is it like the This Pilgrim Life one? I don't know. So it's going to be what waterproof paper. Yeah, so we're doing paper. Yeah. Yeah, which is so nice with cookbooks because mm -hmm. it's not going to get as so quickly. Yeah, so it's going to be like waterproof and basically tear-proof paper. So mm -hmm. um, we wanted something that... Um, we could be thinking about future generations with and that you guys yeah. could hand down to your kids. And the cool thing about it, it's actually going to be a binder that you can add to. So you'll have, so if you buy the cookbook, you'll have the binder with the original, um, things going to come with 40 recipes in this one. So you'll have the original 40 That's recipes. That's a lot of recipes. It is a lot of recipes. 
that will come in this one. And then in the future, you'll be able to add to it when we come out, when we come out with like new categories of recipes, you'll just be able to mm -hmm. buy the inserts. And then you can also add your pages that you would like to add mm -hmm. to the cookbook as well. So we want it to be like a heritage situation that you can be thinking about your kids and stuff that you'd want to pass down to them. So we printed it on really good paper that will last a lifetime. Yeah, that's There's, really cool. My cookbooks are completely stained <laughs> and coming apart and the pages yeah. are stuck together and it's just a bad situation. I just got rid of a stack of cookbooks yesterday. I can't believe I did it, but I did. You got rid of a stack of cookbooks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of you kind of hone in on what your style is and yeah. and some cookbooks yes. go by the wayside once that happens. All right, so I'm going to let you introduce the topic that we're talking about. We talked recently, I think it was when we were talking about respect and submission. And I had kind of talked about how I think there's a misunderstanding with some women. I don't think most women are like this, but I, I know women that are like this, um, where they are just committing the sin of silence in their marriage. And I think what I would kind of categorize that as is just um, abdicating their role of being a helper, really, and just not saying anything, not being... Um, respectfully corrective of their husbands, not even being like proactive in their own spiritual life, just kind of going with the flow, scared of ruffling any feathers, so I may as well not do anything. Um, and I just kind of want to discuss this topic a little bit because I think some women can feel like they can use the, the guise of, well, I'm being quiet and submissive, and really you're being sinful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like even if God has given you a demeanor that is a little bit more quiet, um, you still have to use that for his glory mm -hmm. and your challenges are going to be different than um, the woman who is a little bit more outgoing and energetic and has to learn how to tone it down. So, so yeah, we just kind of want to discuss this topic today because it can really, really, really ruin marriages and generations and legacies. Mm -hmm. So the Bible calls us to have a gentle and quiet spirit. So um, I just think we should set it up was like, what does that mean? What's it mean to have a yeah. gentle and quiet spirit? And what does it not mm -hmm. mean? I mean, and we've talked about this before, like we can have a voice and we can have opinion. We have to, um, you and I were just talking about this actually last week. We have to be able to communicate it respectfully. But if you see that your husband is actually in sin, you know, he's been in ongoing sin and you don't say anything at all, that's not helping him because you are the one person in his life, literally the one person God has given him to uniquely see into those behind the scenes type areas. And if you're never willing to do it, not because you're waiting for a good time to do it, but if years go by, multiple incidences go by and you never say anything, you are in sin and not helping him. So I do think sometimes with these type of personalities, it almost is better to just say it, even if you're saying it the wrong way, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not because their, their temptation is to just not ever say anything. Mm -hmm. So just trying to get anything out there is better than nothing at all. Yeah. Um, I definitely fall into the opposite camp personality wise. And just like what comes natural, naturally to me, I have to be cautious to not say too much, to not nag and to not, um, be the Holy spirit, try to be the Holy spirit <laughs> to my husband, mm -hmm. um, in his, uh, 
spiritual walk or anything like that. But um, I have had to learn over the years, like, okay, there is a difference between nagging and then yeah. helping. So yeah, constructive because nagging is destructive, but um, being a helper is constructive. So just learning the difference of like, okay, when I see an issue the same way that I would want my husband to point out a blind spot of something that was going on with me. Um, I know that he wants me to do the same for him. So like, okay, what is a respectful way acknowledging that he is the head and that he is leading our family? Um, what is the right and respectful way to like be in submission to him and be a helper? So mm -hmm. it's not going to be me complaining to him about what he's done, but more intentionally praying about it before and then coming to him um, when it's just him and I, not the kids around. <laughs> And, and being like, okay, hey, I noticed this. Um, I've been praying for you about this. Can we talk about, you know, how, how it affects our family or how mm -hmm. it affects our church or whatever it may be. Um, and, and just, you know, kind of like lay it at his feet situation mm -hmm. and um, continue to pray. And if, you, and if you see no change, mm -hmm. like continue to pray, continue to pray. And then, mm -hmm. and then to know that if it's a serious issue, that's why there are elders at your church. Correct. Correct. Um, that God mm -hmm. has placed um, leadership and a body in that way and a structure in that way that you can go to another elder of your church and be like, hey, this is happening with my husband and um, not in a way of like ratting him out. Because that's what I feel like it seems like a lot of times yeah. like if you go to an elder, you're like tattling yeah. or something. I think part of it is that we don't have a healthy view of church discipline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you going to your husband respectfully is the first step of church discipline mm -hmm. so that your elders don't have to step in. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times with these sort of women, because they're maybe not, they're not known very well. They're naturally quiet already. Cause we're talking about that. They might not have a lot of friends who are um, seeing into their life and speaking into their life regularly. So the only time they think or have experienced confrontation like that is in a negative mm -hmm. um environment when really it really can be constructive confrontation i don't even know if confrontation would be the right word because that but anyways i just think they they feel like oh, well it's bad like you're mm -hmm. saying it's bad any of that it's a bad feeling you're mm -hmm. ratting them out you're being mean but really it it is the first step in fellowship and church discipline to be able to do that before you would need to go to the elders even though that we have a unique relationship with our husband obviously we are still a part of a body together um, and yes. we're called to admonish one another, encourage one another. And um, if we never speak, then we're not fulfilling that role in the body. Um, and we have, if your husband's in ministry, which a lot of our listeners are, we have a unique um, position to be able to encourage the body by being able to help our husbands in their sanctification process, really, just like they help us. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's a very um, serious role, and I, yeah. I think that we should be seeking the Lord in it, that we um, would be good helpers in their spiritual growth um, because our husband, because God's put our husbands in a leadership position that affects so many other people. Their, their spiritual mm -hmm. life affects so many other people. So um, yeah. just being, being intentional in prayer and in speaking and using our voice to encourage their spiritual walk. Yeah. I mean, I think of Abigail when I think of the proactive wife who knows that her husband is in sin and she's quick, you know, she doesn't go and bad mouth her husband. She doesn't go and nag him immediately, but she does kind of 
in a way take the reins into her own hands and is trying to problem solve around his foolishness. And I think as, as wives, we kind we, like you're saying, we need to pray and ask the Lord, like be honest about your temptation to be quiet, but also ask him for wisdom to know how to talk to your husband for the courage to be willing to do it. Um, I think one, two with, with women, like if you're listening to this right now, you're feeling like, Oh my gosh, I know that's me. Go to somebody who, you know, will not let you get away with being quiet. Like go to someone and say, Hey, I'm noticing this about myself. I need to have this conversation with my husband. Hold me accountable to do that. Yeah. Ask me um, if I've just, done it in three days. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So just cause it is, it's, I think it, once you start exercising that muscle though, and you see it doesn't go horribly, you know, I remember really early on in our marriage, um, Brian kind of realized like we needed to stop having really big conversations only surrounding sin issues. Like mm-hmm. we needed to be willing to have big, long, good, heartfelt conversations over good things too. Mm-hmm. Just really developing that communication habit because yeah. if it's only bad things, you just start to dread it and you start to sweat and it's just yeah. awkward. Very teary. But if you, if you're true, Yes. But if you're actually developing friendship in your marriage, this should be a very, very normal part of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And just, and I think it's hard when you have little kids um, to make that a priority because you're around little kids who are always talking and needing and all the above. So being intentional after the kids go to bed or when you go on walks or whatever it may be, whatever your time that you're able to speak to make it intentional, like think of things and and just any kind of relationship building with people. Think of things to talk about. Think of things. Mm -hmm. How can we, what, this is something that we can discuss together. This is something that I want to hear his opinion on. This is something that we Mm -hmm. might disagree on, but we could maybe work out. And being intentional to really cultivate good dialogue in your yeah. marriage. Yeah, because we've said this in other ways where we've usually talked about it in regards to the men. Like the responsibility of the man doesn't just disappear because he's abdicating his responsibility. It just gets mm-hmm. spread out on everyone else's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So when the wife is failing to do her job of helpfully speaking into her husband's life, yes, he's responsible for his own sin. But she is also spreading out that awkwardness Mm. that she's willing to just sit in and settle for. His sin is not being corrected. And so everyone else is having to deal with it around her. In a way, she's allowing other people to be uncomfortable so that she can be comfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and that's, that's not helpful to anybody, especially, honestly, especially your children. Because Mm -hmm. once your children do start to get older, they're going to see and they're going to (laughs) know there are problems. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, we talked about this a little bit in the submission episode, I think. But um, being a submissive wife is not a lack of action. It's not, it's, it's not a, submissive doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. It's actually the opposite, that it's an incredibly active and incredibly um, faith-fueled action to be able mm-hmm. to submit to someone. Um, and in the same way, like, submission is act this is one way that i believe that submission is active that we submit to our husbands in um even in his spiritual walk and being able to talk to him about things that need to be talked about and in in so doing we're trusting the lord that he is he is ultimately the one that we're submitting to and that he is the one that is working in our husband um through us hopefully yeah and i think too 
being willing to go out of your way to be in community with others as a couple is really good too if yeah. you're this type of a person because i think what what can be frustrating as somebody who's counseled women like this it can be really frustrating because you're meeting with them regularly but nothing is going on on the other end mm -hmm. and, and in that sense the counseling is just failing because you shouldn't be in counseling forever <laughs> like the goal is to get out of counseling um but i think having husband and wife both in community together really helps solve some of those problems as long as they're willing to be honest in community too yeah yeah and hopefully be it just like friendship or small group setting you yeah. know and hopefully your small group or whatever is a place that you will be willing to do that be willing to ask for prayer and um, be open and vulnerable in that way and I think a lot of times whenever the pastor and his wife are open and vulnerable in that way, it causes the people around you to be You're like, oh, this is a safe place mm -hmm. where we can ask for prayer about things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the stigma of like, well, pastors can't tell anybody their issues or like ask for prayer or have to, or pastor's wife has to be fake in some way is like this completely unhelpful yes that, like doesn't help anyone else around you um yeah. but actually like you have freedom because of the grace that we have in the lord yeah. to be able to say hey i'm struggling in this way there's mm -hmm. grace for me like i know that my standing is secure before the lord but i'm mm -hmm. struggling and i need help from the body of believers around me yeah yeah and i think if you um i've heard a lot of stories unfortunately where a wife needs help in the marriage and a pastor just completely ignores the problem she'll go asking for help and the husband will either never be addressed or the wife's problems will not be taken seriously and i would just really encourage you keep looking for a pastor who will actually disciple you guys then like you need to be hitting the road if your pastor is overlooking you as one of his sheep in that way yeah mm -hmm. so keep seeking for someone or I guess, I mean, I know I'm married to a pastor. I know he only has 24 hours a day and I understand how busy schedules can be. Um, but at least find an older couple that is willing yeah. to take him seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if the pastor isn't able to do it, then ask him to connect you with someone. Yes. Someone. That's a good, there you go. That's good. Um, cause I'm, I'm sure that he knows some people that could help as well. Yeah. So yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on that? Um, I don't think so. Just cultivate, learn to cultivate an actual voice, a respectful but helpful voice. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. And stay tuned for more information on the Fruitful and Fearless website and the cookbook coming out.